Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always enjoyed by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Good morning. How are we, chaps? Great. Still in Doing disbelief well. that you've not watched Squid Game yet, but everybody has the faults. Well, we've just been <laughs> talking about this, but I ain't got like nine hours to spare. So, you know. But... Yeah. Mr. Binge Watcher, aren't you, Mark? Once you pop, you can't stop. Yep. Yep. But when can I start? I don't know. Right. True movements of the user. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to kick us off? I'll kick us off. Go on then. GTA trailer. Oh, what yeah. What do we all think? Um, fingers. They have fingers. They do. Not just, just... look claws. Yeah. Uh, they still hold them like they're a claw, though. I think yeah. uh, Tommy Vassetti's gained a bit of a few pounds. Yeah. Yes. Unless he was supposed to look like to begin with. I don't know. Well, it's coming out around Christmas, so it might be getting ready. Mm, yeah. Well, it's November the 11th, isn't it? I think. Yeah, so that's the digital release date. Yes. Yeah. And then physical edition, apparently, on the December the 6th. Mm. So you'll be happy about that one. Definitely, yeah. I know you'll be, you'll, you'll be thinking about the physical one. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm happy about, for once, we get it on the 6th, the Americans get it on the 7th, so we get it early for a change. A whole day. Exactly. Ooh. It's what we deserve. But now there's something else, isn't it? Because isn't nah, I don't know if I've got this precisely right, but is GTA three gonna be on PS now? Yes. And San Andreas yeah. is going to be on Xbox. Game Pass. Game Pass, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got that right. It's a bit random, isn't it? Yeah. No Vice City though. I don't know what's happened there. That's that's the one I want. Well, you've got to pay for that one. Well they they just know that's the best one, so yeah, that's probably in it. Some but people have incorrect opinions, but yeah. Well, that is peculiarly because obviously that means they're separate. Whereas yeah. obviously the game's actually a collection as a whole when you buy it. But I wonder why they've separated them out like that. Well, it's probably to give you, if you use those platforms, you get one to give you a taster and then you think, oh, I'll buy the collection. Yeah, but if you buy the collection, are you buying that game as well? Yeah, you need to buy it again, in effect. Well, that's, well, that's theft. If you ask me. It's just an odd way of going around it, I think. Grand Game Auto. If you're going to put a game on Game Pass, you put the whole thing on. Not part of it. Yeah, but we know what the price is. And I don't think they're going to just give it away for nothing. We'll just start it on it then. I think it's a good thing. I might be silly here. I think Mark doesn't like three things. (laughs) Surely this makes sense. It's it's a collection. It's a game. It's the whole thing together. Yeah. You can't separate them all out. That's yeah. cheating, if you ask me. Can do. It's their yeah. rules. This, this is the way that they want to oh, market it. I can't believe I'm the only okay. one. It's okay. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway that, they brought out the price. £55 yeah. for the collection. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on that? I think it's a bit steep. I would have said 40 and would have had me. Well, I don't know, actually, because I'm going to... I'll be devil's advocate here, is that we, it's three games, okay? Mm-hmm. And we know they're very good games. We know that, for a fact. One of them is. Uh, well, at least two. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ignore that. But, but that means they're all under 20 quid each. What? What's what's the exact price? Is it 18? I don't know. My math is terrible. Yeah, close but enough. Let's just say about 18 quid each. Now, I really need to see gameplay. I want to see the new shooting mechanics and that kind of thing. Well, they've said that all the shooting mechanics and 
controls are going to be what? GTA 5 style. They say it, mm. but I need to see it. I want to know exactly what is going off. Why would they lie? Why would they lie? If you've never like heard of game developers or publishers before, they always lie. But I've well, got, list got of, long to, Sorry, go on, Mark. I've got a list of things here that apparently are on it. So these enhancements are updated player experience, making it easier than ever to play these classic games, including a GTA 5 style control layout, improved gunplay and targeting controls with upgraded drive-by controls in GTA San Andreas, updated weapon and radio station selection wheels, updated mini-maps with enhanced navigation, allowing players to set waypoints to destinations. I forgot that you couldn't do that in GTA 3. Yeah. But that's been... This is the key one. This is one of the key ones for me. The ability to immediately restart a failed mission. When we put GTA 3 into the Hall of Fame, I remember going back onto this, and that was a nightmare for me. Having to get back to the point to start the mission again. Yeah, that yeah. really angered me a lot. It's quality of life things like that that just help so much that you don't yeah. even think about. <laughs> We're spoiled uh, now. Yeah. Plus new Rockstar Games Social Club accomplishments for members. Yeah. Uh, enhanced visuals with improved graphics and fidelity across all three games, including... Higher resolution textures from characters to weapons, vehicles to roads, and much more for greater detail. A completely rebuilt lighting system with enhanced shadows, reflections, and more. Improved water and weather effects. Enhanced detail in trees and foliage. Increased draw distances to provide a new level of depth and definition. I did, not, did notice that the cars are very shiny. Yeah, you can see the, well, the shadows and lighting come off them and they look really good. Um, ex, ex, uh, external to this podcast, me and Matt had a bit of a conversation about this, and I think the graphics have been moved up to maybe somewhere between PS3 and PS4 levels, and Matt thinks it could be PS4. I think it's a bit of a mix for me in terms of how much they've upgraded it. So you don't think it's very good? It's not that I don't think it's very good. It's, it's just, just not a massive upgrade, is that what you say? No. Okay. Uh, plus platform-specific features, including 4K resolution support with up to 60 frames per second performance for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X systems, NVIDIA DLSS support for PC, touchscreen, camera zooming, pans, and menu selections, as well as gyro aiming for the Nintendo Switch. So those are your enhancements for the game. Is it a day one purchase for you? Well, actually, I suspect you're going to wait for the digital physical version anyway Nathan. yeah i'm gonna wait for the physical one and then in that time i can see what it's actually like see a bit of gameplay and then make a decision on that yeah what's yours matt i think i'll wait i think there's other things coming out around it that's yes yes there is me, so <laughs> yeah i think i mentioned this dinner um yeah. so in a space of seven days we've got call of duty vanguard Forza Horizon 5, uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2, and now GTA Trilogy. Yeah. Plus, uh, if I'm going to wait for the phys- for the physical one, I've got well, Halo <laughs> Infinite coming out yes. as well. Yeah, yeah there's that. And if, the new if, Pokemon if, games if, that if, I'll be deep into. There's those as well. I mean, a week after all those as well um, is new Battlefield. So It's a busy Christmas period, period yeah. Yeah. All right, as, as it always is. <laughs> Shall we talk about FIFA? Do we have to? Okay. Yes, <laughs> we do. Because two bits of FIFA. So EA have now 
suspended 30,000 active accounts. So they've put up. So this was a FIFA Direct Communication Twitter page. But earlier today, we resolved an issue in FIFA Ultimate Team Champions that could allow players to leave a match without suffering a loss. We are identifying players that exploited this issue and we'll be following up with them directly. So apparently you could just like go to the dashboard from the game and you won't get a loss. So people have just been exploiting that to get like, is it 20-0 or something? And then they, they get something, I don't know, something like that. And then they've also sent out another tweet saying, we have identified over 30,000 active accounts that exploited this issue consistently and have suspended them from FIFA 22 online for seven days, preventing them from participating in this week's FIFA Ultimate Team Champions Finals. Now, some people will be going on about whether this is uh, too much of a pun- punishment. Whereas it's I'm thinking, only a week. That's too much. I'm thinking, yeah, great. That's not enough of a punishment. <laughs> it's only a week. Come because on. they still get to keep what they won, what they got from it. Yeah. It wasn't taken off of them. But then I'm also thinking, you've only done it for seven days because these people give you money. And so that's why you're not doing it a longer period. Yeah, that's it. You don't want to alienate everybody to eFootball. Because if you were cheating in a game like this, that'd be a flat bound for me. Maybe a month, you know. But seven days, that's just a slap on the wrist, isn't it? Mm, really? A couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, but seven days is little. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, I, I don't think some days longer. Well, that's it. It's been like us not to... playing FIFA one weekend, for example. Yeah. So FIFA just don't want to lose the money. Well, EA don't want to lose the money that they get from these players. That's all. That's why it's such a small number, even though they cheated. That's... Well, they had to come out and look to be doing something, and that's what they've done while yeah. maintaining most of that play base, if not all of them. So it's yeah. a smart business decision, really. Jeez, scummy, all of them. Anyway, we'll stick to FIFA. Because we have there's a, something else on FIFA. So EA may sever their ties with FIFA. So EA Sports is considering dropping the FIFA name for its famous football games. And this is taken from a press release. They said the following. As we look ahead, we're also exploring the idea of renaming our global EA Sports football games. This means we're reviewing our naming rights agreement with FIFA, which is separate from all our other official partnerships and licenses across the football world. And this was sort of expanded on. Uh, so this is taken from an article from .esports. It says, according to a new report from the New York Times, this rebrand hinges specifically on FIFA asking for $1 billion every four years to license its properties. This new deal will also reportedly include limitations on ways that EA could monetize the game outside of its initial sale. That's an important thing, I think. If they're going to get in on the act of how they can monetize it, this is why I think EA are thinking of hopping out. Curious, don't you think? Yeah. Mm. Uh, the New York Times noted it had talked to multiple people close to the negotiations and discovered that after at least two years of renewal no- negotiations, there's a real chance that the branding could change following the FIFA World Cup in Qatar next November. Mm-hmm. This would end the current 10-year agreement and see EA lose uh, access to the branding control of FIFA, which includes the name of the game franchise itself. If this license deal does end up falling through, it won't affect the developer's ability to use player likenesses, player names, officially branded stadiums, team names, and other licenses, which EA has negotiated separate deals with companies like FIFA Pro, the global representative for pro football players. It's also worth noting that earlier this month, in Europe, EA had trademarked the name EA Sports FC. So that could be the new name. Hmm. That name sounds rubbish, to be honest. I wanted EA Football. Yep. Because that didn't sound rubbish at all, either. My guy told me to water. But um, apparently, yeah. this EA, this 
title system is being used in their other games now. I think they've got a, a golf game which is using a similar branded title. I can't remember what it is. What EA Sports Golf? Yeah, yes, like PGA oh, wait, no, or something was, like that. Uh, yeah, because they, they they've got I think and they got the license back the PGA one. I think 2K had it very briefly. And there's another one, but I can't remember what it was for now. So it it could be you know this could be legit. Now this is what they could be going for. But interesting that they've only trademarked that in Europe, not worldwide. Well, it's the place where they're going to get most money, isn't it? Well, true, but it's worldwide brand, isn't it? FIFA is played worldwide. It is. Oh, it is. They might change it to soccer, for example, in America. Maybe. Maybe. That makes sense. Know. Well, even though it doesn't have a football in the title, it's just EA Sport FC. But... Do they call them soccer clubs there? Does so EA Sport SC, maybe? I don't know. Could be. Maybe. One billion every four years. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a lot to ask. It's worth it, though, in my opinion. Because it's synonymous. Like, you go to a shop and you ask for the latest FIFA. If you don't know anything about gaming, that's what you'd ask for. Mm. It's just synonymous with the game. It's been that way for over 20 years. It's got It's got that brand identity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> And for the, um, the amount of money they make on it, I think I read somewhere that the last FIFA, they took six billion from it, including Ultimate Team and sales. It, it, so what time period was that? So that was the last FIFA, so FIFA 21, for a year. Mm. Okay. That's so they de- they've, they've definitely got but, the money to, to pay it. But if you were EA, would you just want to hand over one billion dollars? Even if it was... This, remember, this is EA. <laughs> I don't think... That, I could have... They're not going to want to hand over this amount of money, are they? They want to keep it. That Scrooge McDuck counting all the pennies. Well, if I was EA, what I'd do is, I don't want them to do this, let me premise that, is um, do XP packs for pro clubs. No. And then rate the money in that way. No. To pay for it. Can we Can we just cut him out? The pot? I, I'm just going to cut this bit out. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't XP do that. Pack. Jesus. Just like Marvel Avengers. <laughs> Look where that's gone. Should have gone to somewhere else then. CD Projekt Red. They put out a tweet. Well, a statement. And it says, Dear all, we have an important upgrade regarding next generation updates of Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt for consoles and PC. Based on recommendations supplied by teams supervising the development of both games, we decided to postpone their releases until 2022. Our current target for Cyberpunk 2077 is the first quarter of 2022 and second quarter of 2022 for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Apologies for the extended wait, but we want to make it right. We should have done that to begin with, but okay, well, we, we shall allow it. I mean, in the end, it's good, but how bad must things have been if, if, it's taken, if, if they've had to even extend this now? Yeah, because it's been out over a year, not so in not so much time. Hmm. I suppose it depends on how much of the team is still working on Cyberpunk now. Because they're working on the... Obviously, they're working on the Witcher upgrade as well. So that's going to take... This is why I don't understand. Why didn't they just forget about the Witcher upgrade? Because, let's be honest, it didn't have many problems now. I mean, I know it did when it launched, but it improved. So why don't you just put all your efforts onto Cyberpunk? Get that done. Because that's the one everyone's wanting to get fixed. 
Yeah, that I'm makes happy. sense. You just yeah. put everything into getting that right, and then you can then dedicate all your resource to sorting the Witcher out afterwards. Yeah, surely Cyberpunk is, has to be the number one priority. Because that it's newer, it's in the forefront of people's minds. I, I think it's well, it, obviously it's starting to lose prominence now because yeah. it's been cut down in price so much. But they need to get it done as soon as possible because it's yeah. just losing interest by the day. I've owned it since day one, and I'm still waiting to play that game. And I was, I was really excited about this game. You guys know I was. I mentioned on the pod that I was really excited for it. And I'm still waiting because now they're messing about with Witcher 3 as well. So they are. I mean, I know the, the hacking thing <laughs> probably didn't help. But, and the pandemic, yes, yes, yes. But come on, pull your finger out. I'm sick of hearing about the pandemic. It's just an excuse now. Yeah. Just get it done. Yeah, get it done. So, as we all know, it's Sonic's 30th anniversary, and they've brought out some stuff. This Ooh. this might be a good one for um, for Matt. So, they've come out with a skateboard, a helmet, and some gaming stuff. So, you can get a Sonic-themed gaming keyboard, gaming mouse, and headset. Now, Matt, before you get too excited, the skateboard stuff is for kids. But, by all means, you can still buy it and hang it on your wall. I'd get a skateboard. Yeah, it could go along with my Tony Pretty cool, Hawk's isn't skateboard. it? Exactly. Um, so all this is going to be um, in different retailers in um, autumn. So between now and the end of the year, it's going to be available to us. Um, to be honest, I've been looking for a new keyboard and mouse, and I quite like the look of those. Pretty flashy. Mm. Difficult for Ed. Yeah. They actually work, though. You have to think about the quality of these items. Well, that said, does look a bit janky. So that's me buy for twelve ninety nine. Just want to cool while I'm talking to you guys on the pod. Is that right? Is that too much risk? Yes. You're entitled to do that. Yes, fine. <laughs> Not according to Mark. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I do like the look of that keyboard and mouse. I'm buying them for work. That's it. Yeah, they, they look cool. They'll give me that. If they, if they were wireless, I'd definitely... What's the, uh, what's the cost of them? Um, there's no cost that's been brought out for these yet. So oh, we'll, we'll know that's that funny, in due course. Mm. <laughs> right, should we, should we move back over to, to our favourite company we like to talk about in recent times? Uh, Activision Blizzard? Oh, go on then. Uh, so we knew... Well, we know that there was some controversy over um, a character that was in Overwatch, yes. who was named after one of the, I suppose we said, disgraced former employees um, mm-hmm. at Blizzard. And they they came out, um, I think it was yesterday actually, came out that a, they were finally going to officially rename um, the character McCree. Um, and they've decided on the name to be called Cole Cassidy. Cole. Um, Cole. Is that Cole? Cole. Yeah, C O L E. So Cole, Cole Cassidy. Um, so he's going to get renamed actually on the day of this podcast's release on the 26th. Um, I don't know if it makes much of a difference, um, but it's good to not give um, credence to a very disgraceful person <laughs> who thankfully doesn't work at the company anymore. Um, it's I think a right name. It's okay, name, I suppose. 
Um, I think it actually came out recently that I think since the allegations came out, about 20 employees have been released or fired due to it. Um, whether that's enough or if more needs to be done, I'm not sure. But it's good this kind of it all came to light and this is kind of something that should really be looked upon much more seriously than it has, especially for another company who um, already gone into this kind of trouble with Ubisoft. Mm. Apparently not much has actually changed over there compared to, yeah. <laughs> to what Blizzard have done. <laughs> Do you want a success stories? A couple of success stories. Ah, oh, go on. They're always fun to hear. Okay, so we begin with Final Fantasy XIV. Have you played this? Have you played this? Uh, I briefly played it. I thought it was... It was alright, but um, I... I struggle to get into MMOs nowadays. Okay. So the game has recently surpassed 24 million players, 11 years after it was released. In 2015, it was 4 million. In 2017, it was 10 million uh, when the third expansion to the game, Stormblood, was released. And it's now become the most profitable game in the series. Wow. Mm. Profitable gaming series? Game in I... the series. Oh, ah, game right. in the series. Sorry. I was going to say, <laughs> gaming series, like, what, above Minecraft? <laughs> No, but that's good. That's good news, especially considering how it originally started. And how I was going to say, apparently, it was a bit in a state when it launched, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it games. was really bad. Um, and they had to essentially rebuild it from scratch. Um, yeah. But no, that's a good, good, uh, I suppose, redemption story for Final Fantasy XIV. Yep. Uh, another success story, well, more close to my heart. Uh, this is from an article taken from gamesindustry.biz. And this is about IO Interactive. So Hitman developer IO Interactive has released its annual report for 2021, 2020-2024, uh, uh, reporting record-breaking profits during the last fiscal year. The year ended March 31st, 2021. The company reported revenues of $78 million, a 136% increase on the $33 million made the prior year. Oh, nice. as, as part of that, the studio made a profit of $42 million, compared to a profit of $1.8 million during the same period. Wow, the year that's before. massive. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the uptick in profit was largely driven by the release of Hitman 3 in January 2021, which earned 300% of the game's initial sales budget. IO currently has several projects in development, including live content to be made to Hitman 3 and Project 007 in the new James Bond game. The studio also has one other unannounced title in the works. Looking ahead, IO expects revenues for the fiscal year 2022 to land somewhere between 31 million and 38 million. So, yeah, that's good. Just, uh, you know, I love my Hitmans. Mm. I'm very much looking forward to that new James Bond game. See how that goes. And I'm also intrigued by this unannounced title, which I didn't know was a thing. Do you think? Do you think they're done with the? Uh, was it the world of assassins, or is there more to do with the Hitman? I series? think it'll come back at some point, but yes, it's it's going to be very difficult to try and top what they did there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they would because that was like a that was a self-contained story over three games. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I can't see him just ending there. No. That'd just be weird. I think it's too profitable, judging by looks of this anyway. But mm. but they are doing, like, you know, they do keep updating the game and things like that. No, that's good. That's so, good. We don't know. We shall see. So, has anybody heard about um, US players um, that can register to purchase PS5s? Oh, so, yes. yes. Yeah, I heard about this, yeah. So, yeah, apparently they can register to purchase one um, through Sony, but they have to provide their 
PSN ID and using that, um, apparently they're going to start like seeing how much of PlayStation you actually play and then use that to determine whether you deserve a console or not. What's the threshold? That's what I want to know. But there is one problem to this. What if you're buying it as a gift? Don't deserve it for a gift. You know, little Tommy, Christmas Day, wants a PS5. Tommy can get his own PS5. That's chilling out 450 like notes for Tommy. Just just register Tommy's PSN name. Should be fine, shouldn't it? Uh, I don't know. Depends how... That's the lucrative black market that's going to come from this trading PSN that's had a lot of playtime to get his hands on the PS5. Yeah. Don't give the scalpers <laughs> ideas, you numpty. I doubt the scalpers listen to this podcast. Of course they do. What? They get all their ideas from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. EA, scalpers, if you listen to this podcast, you've come to the right place. In all seriousness, at least they're trying to attempt a way to stop scalping. Yeah. 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 I think um, I, Microsoft had already been doing this, hadn't they? Of like, if you wanted Xbox, you can come to them directly, sort of thing. I think. Yeah, but was they. Well, I don't know what their safety measure was. Yeah, that's right. Couldn't, any, couldn't anyone just still just buy it straight from them? Still scalping? I suppose so. I don't know. I've not looked into what measures they might put in place for it. Could be something similar. Hmm. I think it's good though, because like the people that really want it are more likely to get it then, rather than yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a way of um, I suppose weeding out the the fake accounts. They're like, oh, I want a PlayStation. Yeah, you've only just made your account mate today. Yeah, go on, get to the back of the list. Yeah, back of the queue. But shall we stick on the theme of scalpers? Oh, so. On October the 19th, pre-orders went live for the Xbox mini-fridge. Yay. So the meme became a reality, and they were going to release this. And it's a reasonable price of $100 or £90 here in the UK. Except they sold out in a matter of seconds, thanks to scalpers. Mm. Uh, to be quite honest, I was expecting this. <laughs> it was just, it's just the way it is now, isn't it? Everything yeah. just Anything scalped. that's got like a limited number or is a bit obscure, you know it's going to be gone. Yeah, it's just becoming really boring now, isn't it? It's just like every time anything new gets released. Oh, scalpers, gone. I mean, I'm surprised you managed to get your Switch, to be honest. To be honest, it's been fairly readily readily available. It's not been that bad. I think it's because it's more of like an iteration upgrade than like a full yeah. new yeah. system. Yeah. So there's not much in terms of an increase for people that have already got Switches. There was an issue we can get in them around when COVID first started and the first lockdown. That's mm-hmm. where when we had issues, but no, it's been fine. Oh, so, good. That's good news. Uh, but the, the fridges have been going on eBay and have been listed for three times the price. Of course, yeah. It's about 300 quid or something like that. I paid four times for mine. No, I'm joking. I've not really got one. Are you going to get one of these fridges? I mean, eventually. If it gets to a decent amount, I could have it here, right side of me. Yeah. Be nice. I think where I could have mine. Um. <laughs> I think I saw was it, it might be well it might be a TikTok video but I didn't block it on t- TikTok somebody would have linked it on Reddit or something like that but I think someone I'm going to say Mark's I think on someone TikTok showed, yeah Mark on TikTok what's this I can't remember one of the yeah it must have been so someone was able to put their Xbox Series X actually in the mini fridge it fit in it wow yeah get some get some couple of cans to replace that 
But shall we stick with Xbox? So oh, they've okay. and they've announced that on November the fifteenth they're going to have an Xbox anniversary celebration event to celebrate the twentieth anniversary. And as such, they're going. To, they Microsoft plan on releasing a special edition controller and headset. Yeah, I've seen the controller. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I've not seen it. I've not, mm. I've not seen it. I've seen the controller. Really, really nice. It's got like a, a see-through aspect to it, and then it's got like a twentieth anniversary bit on the inside, which is nice. All right. Uh, according to Matt Booty, the head of Xbox Game Studios, there won't be any announcements of any new games though. Mm, that's fine. I mean, we know what's coming. Cool. They've got they've got Forza and Halo coming in the next cool. couple of months, so yeah, that'll tide us over for well, a bit. Be, it'll just be a nice thing to celebrate. Twenty years, done well to last that long, you know. Twenty years. But continue with events. Uh, Sony have announced that they're going to have another PlayStation State to Play, which is going to take place on Wednesday, October the twenty seventh, mm. and that will be at two p.m. Pacific time, five p.m. Eastern time, and eleven p.m. CEST, whatever that is. I don't know. Uh, what time that is for us in the UK, I don't know. But this will be focusing if someone could look that. Uh, this will be focusing on announcements and updates for upcoming third party releases heading PS5 and PS4. It's and gonna be show... 10 sorry. Sorry. Ten PM, are you gonna say? Yes. Yep. Ten PM yeah. UK time. Okay. C C E T is Central European time. Ah. I, sh- I probably should have known that. Uh, the show is looking <laughs> to be uh, about 20 minutes long or so, and we'll share new looks at previously announced games, plus a few reveals from our partners around the world. I would say, I think this one was is very third-party centric, isn't it? I don't think there's anything yes. actually from Sony that we're going to see. But yeah. Yeah, cool, see new new games, see some updated looks at previously announced games. I mean, we pretty much know what the first-party stuff is from from their last event anyway, don't we? So. Mm. So it'll be good to see what uh, what's coming up. Sticking with PlayStation, it's coming up to the PSVR fifth anniversary. Yay! Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Actually, no, it's already happened. Uh, so this was posted. Oh. Right? It says today marks the fifth anniversary of the day PlayStation VR was introduced to the world, and we want to take this moment to thank all of our fans and our talented development community for embracing this platform and supporting PSVR through the years. It's amazing to see how virtual reality has been has really established itself in these past five years as a platform for gaming, and we're pleased to have PSVR play a big role in VR's growth. And to celebrate this PSVR milestone, we wanted to give a special thank you to PlayStation fans. Starting in November, PlayStation Plus members will get three PSVR bonus games for no extra charge. Stay tuned for more details in the PlayStation Plus update in the next few weeks. I'm just going to say it now, I'll, prob- I'll probably already own the <laughs> I bought a load of VR games and there's a lot that I just haven't played. And chances are this will probably probably include this. But if you're new to VR, if you're not, if you haven't, then that's good. It's nice to have that. I'm tempted to set my PSV back up actually. That's what you that's what you always think, and then it gets to it, you're like, nah. Well no, but this is the thing, it's like obviously I'm, I'm we keep we've mentioned this before, but it's the faff of setting it up. That's the thing. Yes. So you need it to be permanent, that's the thing. But I'm just like, well, I've got my PS5 set up, so obviously that's what I use now. But I've still got my PS4 set up, so I might as well just put it on use the PS4. Use the PS4 as yeah. like a virtual machine. Yeah, so I might as well just do that. I know. Because otherwise, it's not a bad idea. Otherwise, it's just sat there, you know, gathering dust. Just like well the PSVR. Yeah. No, but I do want to play these. I do want to play these VR games because the thing is, do you know, back a few podcasts ago, I mentioned. Uh, like the next step of 
PSVR, PSVR 2. Yeah. So we said what some of the specs were. And they said that they weren't they weren't considering backwards compatibility. They were thinking mm-hmm. of like remaking all the all the games like make, like remasters of them or something for the new one. Yeah. So that doesn't guarantee that they'll be able to play these games. So I might as well just go back and play them. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. Not play them. <laughs> Otherwise, I've spent all that money on nothing. Mm. Yeah, we do, we do need to play Bridge Crew. Yes, we need to do that at yeah. some point. So, one of the I played it on my own. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, I thought we missed a trick though, with it being the fifth anniversary of the PSVR. We could have warned them for the podcast. Well, I'm not seeing anything. Yep. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a good look. <laughs> We'd look like Daft Punk. <laughs> exactly. Really cool. They are. Yeah, they are, yeah. <laughs> We'd just be some nerds with a headset on where we can't see anything. Got a bit of peculiar news. Um, maybe this isn't as much out of left field as what it seems to be. Um, I suppose between this was myself and Mark, one of our favourite developers is Hideo Kojima. Um, obviously famed for Metal Gear and... Death Stranding. Um, he's now releasing um, a range of designer glasses. Yeah. I mean, one of them is very, uh, very inspired by the Death Stranding sort of glasses. Um, but the others are kind of interesting is the word I'll use for now. Uh, don't know what to say about the rest. I mean, some yes. kind of look. Yes, so he's teaming up with a cool. French glasses designer. Jean-Francois yeah. Ray. I'm sure that's how you say it. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah, they look they look very odd. Basically, it looks like this sort of... As if you're thinking, like, Batman's cowl, which is just the bit around the and, eye. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit around the eyes. With lenses stuck in the middle of them. It's just yeah. peculiar. And um, there's, one, there's one, like, like with the flap things on, isn't there? Yeah, so there's ones that are almost kind of designed like normal glasses, but the, the lenses are kind of more, um, I suppose, rectangle in shape. Um, yeah. But then you can, like, you can pull them apart, and then you've got just, like, I suppose, normal lenses, and the other one's meant to be, like, sunglasses. Yeah. So, so, so it's round frames. Yeah, sorry, round frames. Yeah. Sunglasses. Lenses, yeah. Odd. Very, odd. very strange. I think the, there's, like, another one as well that he's got that seemed a bit more normal in look <laughs> to me the smaller ones look a bit like the glasses that you put on chickens for cockfighting or roosters i, I, I didn't know you put glasses your word on. for it yeah the, what <laughs> they do they put like red glasses on them because when they see red they basically take that as like the fight or flight response well they can't really fly but anyway the fight response so um, that's why they put like little red glasses on them, and they look just like them. Okay. What's what's the price of these? Because you know I'm, I'm very tempted. <laughs> Which ones You're would you get? Ones? Like, the, the normal, the, the ones that I just like look most normal. I think look. No, you've got to get the ones on bottom. Get the Batman ones. Stranded, surely. <laughs> Can you imagine me just walking that street wearing those? <laughs> It'd be amazing. What's the Drexel Life Cafe? Oh, the mocker, please. <laughs> Oh, man, you'd be the most popular person if you walked in there. (laughs) They will worship you like a god. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see any pricing on there. No, they say you'd be able to pre-order them soon. I like the normalish ones, which have got blue specs in them. 
they look pretty cool. Oh, the one that's kind of got like a like a crisscross design within the. Yeah, they look pretty cool. They, they, yeah, they look quite nice. I'm not going to lie, I don't wear glasses, but I want to now. Just have like normal glass in it. Just have to be a lens. Just do it for the fashion statement. But I've just realised as well one of the promotional shots for the, the the split lenses one. The I suppose the sunglass part of it goes to like on the side of the arms. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why are they there? Why? To look funky. Just so you don't get sunburn on the side of your eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. You need to take that bit. Yeah. Don't burn the side of my retina. A quick one. Uh, God of War is coming to PC. It's been announced on January the 14th, 2022. I mean, we've all played it, but if anybody's not played it and it's got PC, there you go. Go play it in January. Because it's very good. Slowly getting those PlayStation games on the PC. Hmm. Horizon was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know if there have been any of us since then. Right, something uh, that we'd mentioned in the last pod, um, the new expansion pack tier for Switch Online. Um, they finally announced a price for it. Uh, coins here, the expansion pack tier, which is required to play the N64 and Sega games, will cost $49.99. Or thirty-nine ninety-nine euros, or thirty-four pounds ninety-nine for a twelve-month individual membership. While the family uh, membership, <laughs> so in the UK, it'll be thirty-four ninety-nine for twelve months. Um, family memberships goes up to pretty much sixty pounds in the UK. Um, well, Matt, shall we start a family? Because I'm not paying the thirty-five me. quid. For just some N64 games and some Sega Mega Drive games, where I can get a normal account for 12.99, that's ridiculous. Well, that's only if you want to upgrade to it. I think the original, I suppose, subscription is still there. It's not. Yeah, you can still you use that if you want to. But I don't think for what you get it warrants the extra 22 pounds or whatever it'd be. Hmm. Do you, do you think it's worth an extra 22 quid a year for those games? Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to play the N64 games because they've got some, some, I mean, big ones in there. Obviously, with Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Star Fox and all that stuff. Um, but realistically, would you go back and play these games? Or would you just go straight on the, game, the new games you've got? Um, I mean, it I, all sounds very nice, but mm. in the end, would you use it? I'd probably go back to it because, like, I did that in the last pod uh, for playing Super Metroid. Went back, played that for a bit, and then that helped me sort of get into the right, right frame of mind for the new Metroid. Mm. I do like playing the old games because it's it's a obviously it's a relic of the past that I never I wasn't born into. So it's nice to see what was gaming like back then. Um, I think they they could do a lot better. In terms of like actually adding to the collection, they seem to be quite slow at doing that. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I've got most of the games that I want for the Mega Drive and the N64 already, so it's probably not worth it for me. But maybe for anyone that's not played these games, and if they are going to play them, then it'd be a good addition for them. Yeah, um, is it really worth pricey though? Mm, it is pricey. Especially for the Americans, they're they're much much more expensive for the Americans than it is for us. Good. Uh, 
Makes a change though, doesn't it? Makes a change. We'll see. I mean, they'll still be. They still said they're adding a lot more to the Nintendo 64 stuff, and then I can imagine once they add like you know the Game Boy stuff, Game Boy Advance, then it might look a bit more appealing to that kind of price tag. Maybe a, a wait and see. Have you guys seen the um what the original plans for the Tomb Raider reboot was? Yes. Because Square Enix, yeah, Square Enix released uh, a few videos about mm. what ended up becoming the Tomb Raider reboot. It was actually going to be a horror game called ah. Tomb Raider Ascension, and it showed like early gameplay footage of it, where Lara was just battling like these really creepy looking monster things, like things out of Silent Hill looking yeah. kind of things. Yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. if they decided to bring what they did do out as like maybe like a playable demo or something for the fans. Do for the anniversary? That'd be pretty good. Exactly. I think the two mirrored Ubu is, is actually a bit creeper. Not, but not on the scale of this, because this was like no. going down monster. I, I think yeah, this was more like a like an occult. Yeah, you, but you could see you could see elements from this. Yeah, you can see where it was the, yeah, inspired. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just it if, cool. you know, just if you're interested in what it what two mirrored could have been, go and watch those videos. They're very interesting. Mm, really I would good. never have played it though. Power game? No, thank you very much. There's one bit where there's like a massive like troll kind of thing that's chasing her down a canyon. Yeah. Mm. And the smaller monsters chasing her as well. And then she just jumps off into this big hole. Yeah. Creepy. <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy. But no, go watch that. That was interesting. Right. We did get some news uh, from DC Fandom. Mm. Uh, if anyone did watch it. Uh, if you didn't. We'll go over a little bit. Um, so we got, I suppose, a, a further look into two games. Uh, they're going to be coming from Warner Brothers uh, sometime next year. So we'll start with we'll start with a look with the Suicide Squad game. Uh, so Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Uh, so we get we got a bit more, of a, I suppose, like a story trailer of. Basically, what the the squad's whole mission is going to be about, and why they tried to kill the Justice League, basically. Um, so it looks very much like uh, it's all going to be set in Metropolis, I believe. Uh, and it looks like everything's been taken over by uh, Brainiac, because you've got these massive skull ships flying in the in the sky and all that. Um, and then you've got the I suppose the the league running amok, trying to cause havoc with the squad. Then we got, I think, well, obviously we had Superman in the first trailer, um, who brutally murdered a man. Uh, <laughs> and then I think in this one we had the Flash. Uh, we've got Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Um, I'm not sure if we got anyone else kind of out of those three. Um, but it looks fun. Looks like it's it's caught the the humour of the recently uh, the recently released squad film. Looks good. It looks like it's it's also a continuation from like the Arkham storyline because you had a moment where the squad are in Arkham and you can see like the the symbols that's used for Arkham pretty much the same ones yeah. used on the Arkham games. What well, did though? This is um I don't I forgot our character today, but the the person who was in charge of the squad. Oh, uh, Amanda Waller. That's the one. I'd recognised her somewhere. And I, I remember this. She was in um, Jedi Fallen Order. 
She was the other Jedi. See ya. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're like, same fo- like Facebook. Same person, yeah. It must have been Photoscan. Oh. I assume it's a reactor. Because <laughs> it was identical. <laughs> yeah, they, they've just taken their, like, like Unreal Engine files and connected them yeah, like, with using this game. <laughs> what's the crossover that we went aware of? Yeah. Star Wars DC. Star Wars DC. Disney won't be happy. Um, just look fun, though. It does, it does look fun. Um, I think they've, they've nailed the humour quite well. Um, I just, at this point now, I just want gameplay. <laughs> It'd be nice to, it's it's going to be nice to see them do something a bit more light-hearted, I guess. Not steady. Because obviously, Arkham Knight was dark. Not exactly a lot uh, of room for humour. No. no. And, and the story of it all. But... Yeah. No, it, it should be good fun. Um I do like it's, it's set in, a, in like daytime as well, because that's going to be quite different yes. to what um, they've made before. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilise that. Um, yeah, everything looks good. Um, for some reason, I never realised that King Shark was voiced by um, WWE wrestler <laughs> Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, yeah. Well, he sounds bang on. Like I really liked the the bits at the end where like the penguins are getting shocked. <laughs> yeah. It's like, blow off his head! Like, oh God. <laughs> but no, that should be fun. Looks good. Looks like a good time. Um, the other one uh, that we saw as well uh, was Gotham Knights. So again, more of a sort of a story trailer, but we see a lot more of sort of the court, the, the courts of owls, mm. seeing that influencing what they're going to be doing in the game. And I think a very totally different to Suicide, Suicide yeah, Squad. This is very much like the. It feels, a bit, it feels a bit like City to me. That's all. Yeah. Um, I actually, I think I preferred this trailer just because of how uh, terrifying they made the, the owls seem to be. Mm. Very, very much like what they are meant to be in the comics. Yeah. So we got a good look at that, and I suppose every so often we saw like different, the a few different outfits that the characters are wearing. I think it's just showing the. I think that's like the the gear. Um, feature in that game, I suppose. You know, if you wear different gear, you've got a different look for the characters. Um, but yeah, I think I think for this one as well, I just now I just want to. Well, we did get gameplay last year from this, so we've kind of at least got that to go off with. Um, but there was a bit of controversy I, about that, weren't there? About the whole leveling thing. Yeah, the leveling system, how it, it definitely feels like a, I suppose, like a, a live service game. Which mm. I don't think they've mentioned it actually is. I'm not sure if they've actually said that, or if it's just how they've made the game in a way that's it's very RPG esque, and that when you hit hit enemies, numbers come off them rather than just. But it can be played multiplayer, they can't. Yeah, so that's. I want, I want to say four player, but I think it's just caught. I think it's just once yeah, two. Yeah, I think it's two. Yeah. There's two players, whereas um, Suicide Squad is a co-op four player game. You can play as each of the members of the squad. So, but no, they're looking good. I think. Um, I just want to see more gameplay for both, and I'll look forward to them next year. So, PlayStation have patented tech that allows you to kick players from games. So, if you're watching on Twitch, um, you can vote to kick a player from a game, or you can pay to get them kicked from a game. Yeah, I was just—I was going to mention this. 
I don't like the idea of this. Yeah, this is a pretty bad president, I think. So this is an article on LPAttack.com, written by someone called Taron. It says, if you've ever been watching a stream of a game and thinking one team's player was doing too good or too bad to keep things interesting, I knew Sony Pattern would apparently create a system allowing spectators to vote to bench players, and it would happen upon reaching a certain threshold. According to the Pattern, as more and more people have become interested in watching video games and esports events, Game developers have sought to enhance the viewing experience of providing increased functionality and interactivity for spectators. Esports are one of the most watched things on video game streaming sites like Twitch and very often include team games such as League of Legends, Overwatch, Defense of the Ancients 2 and Call of Duty. And as with many sports events in real life, there are bound to be players who can't perform when the chips are down or are deliberately dragging the game down, according to the new Sony patterns. In particular, the embodiments described herein describe a voting interface that enables spectators to vote to remove players from the video game for bad behaviour, e.g. poor sportsmanship, substandard performance in the video game, or simply because the spectator does not wish to see a particular player play in the video game. While such a situation would definitely open things up to trolling, the various methods by which benching players could be done with spectator votes does at least have some safeguards. Some describe it hitting a voting threshold of 60% of spectators voting to remove a player or having to pay for each vote. The patent also explains, however, that benching is not the same as permanent removal, though such a thing can still be implemented. A player that is removed, therefore, may still be eligible to return to active gameplay and may still be considered to be part of the game. In other embodiments, removal can include full removal from the game, e.g. the player is banned from future participation in that game. It's a bit of a minefield, really, isn't it? I hate everything about this. I think, People I think are to, watching Twitch streams are there to watch and comment, and that's I think, it. Yeah, I think to start off it would be quite funny. Just say, I don't like him, bye. But in the end, it's 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 just wrong. Because <laughs> if someone's playing well, then surely they deserve to be... Well, what yeah. I think is, there's you can bet on some of these matches. I mean, I yeah. imagine it will be a lot down. It's effectively match fixing, isn't it? <laughs> but you can, yeah, effectively you can match fix. Mm. Or, as, it, think... as it mentions, just trolling. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just go down like a like a legal black hole and go in to fall on this kind of stuff. Well, I should say a wormhole, I should say. Yes, I don't think it'll uh, see the light today anyway. I don't think it'll be implemented anyway. No, yeah. I, I was gonna say that just because they've painted today doesn't mean it's actually gonna happen. Yeah. They might just yeah. stick it in a cupboard for ten years yeah. and it, just it, do it so nobody else can. Because yeah. be honest, it doesn't mean these it doesn't mean like um competitions or sites have to actually implement it. They don't have to do it. No. They're in charge of it. So they can just say nah. I, I think if if there was if there was a game specifically made with this in mind, I think it could it could work. It could yeah. probably work quite well. If it's like one particular competition where you allowed this. Yeah. Um I think That'd it's the the thing that worries me was the pain aspect. It's like why would why would you want to pay to get rid of someone? I that don't make sense. That's just a waste of money. <laughs> well, a waste of money for people voting, more money for Twitch. But imagine if that even into like real sports, like football. Say so a football game and everyone votes to get rid of a player off the pitch. And then the, yeah. the manager has to do that. So you you send them we, we, like we need to get rid of Donald Rumor. You know how to keep it for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Actually that'd make it quite fun. I think I'd do it. <laughs> Madness, madness. It, it's just a weird, really weird thing to patent. Mm. Some people just patent these really odd things. 
I think it's because it's um, there was a lot of success with that on Twitch with the Pokemon games where they they made it so like the game like the Pokemon game was controlled by the amount of votes made by the people who are watching it. So whoever got like like the next move, like if to like move up, down, left, or right, whichever got most votes out of it, then the game would react to that. Yeah. So I know it got a lot of popular. Uh, popularity with that so i think that, i'm assuming sony's seen that and gone yeah that that sounds sounds like we could make some from that but i think on a large scale thing it's not a good idea <laughs> it's just a bit weird mm. one last thing Ooh. one last thing uh i don't know if you if you guys decide to watch it after i linked at you um recently but there was a film trailer that's come out recently. I've watched film trailers. You watch film trailers. That's good. Have I've you watched, watched one well. based? <laughs> have you watched one as well? Uh, have you have you watched the one based on the critically acclaimed PlayStation series Uncharted? I do. The person's got stolen my name, so of no, course I've I watched not, it. I've still not watched it. You've still no. not watched it. Watch it now. Live I've reaction. I've forgot about it. I put it safe to watch later, and then I forgot to watch it. Right, well, now I don't know if we can talk about it if you've not watched it. <laughs> I'll talk about it, I don't um, Does it look good or bad? Just tell me that. I think it looks good. I, I think it's it action-packed. Um, it very much is it's very in charge feeling. Um, this is what I know. So Mark Wahlberg is Sully. Does he fit? I think he he needs the moustache to really... He needs the tash. It's all about the tash. Yeah, it's all about the tash. See, without it, now you just look like Max Payne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those who might have watched that film. Um, I mean, it does look good. Like, the action sequences look good. They look very uncharted. Um, especially one that replicates pretty much almost his act for, like, in Uncharted... Was it three? I think it was three. Explain. The plain one, yeah. Yes. Um, three, I think it was three, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Looks good. Um, might take a bit of used to seeing a young Nate just look like a boy, but... Um, <laughs> it's because you forever see him as Spider-Man, that's the thing. Just well, that's it. Now I'm just now. like, yeah, this looks like things that Peter Parker would do. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, like I didn't really like it when they first came out and said Tom Holland were going to be nathan drake but yeah. it's growing on me like ever I've, since i've seen the um trailer and it cut, came up with the uncharted legacy um legacy of oh, thieves yeah, collection legacy. like yeah. image afterwards i sat and looked at it for a few seconds and like yeah you can really see that connection if it was like 15 20 years younger mm. yeah, well i, I mean say, he, is, I, he is playing a young Nathan Drake, so... Um, clearly, Mark Wahlberg is younger than what Sully would be. Yeah. So I imagine it's... This is, good, this is going to be a series, isn't it? They're going, to, they're going to be more than one of these films. We know that's going to happen. Yep. Well, one thing that I did notice, I've not noticed this in any other films, but they opened up with the PlayStation logo. So I'm wondering what films they're going to be working on next, because I think they're going to be adapting some of their other franchises. Well, there's... Horizon, that'd be that'd be amazing. No, that's I think Horizon will end up between a film at some point. I hope so. God of War, that'd be good. Who would you have play Kratos? Christopher Judge. 
The Rock. The Rock. You can pull off. I'll, I'll wait to see how his Black Adam's like, and then we can we can judge from there. <laughs> I don't think he's got the uh, voice. No, like the uh, angry demeanor that Kratos would have. Being mean to the kid. Uh, I think it could be. Just, just gives him gives him a rock bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I think the the trailer good. Um, action set pieces look pretty much spawned to Uncharted. Um, Where to see more, I suppose. And that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? I. On the. But me. Yes, you. Okay. Well, mine's going to be very brief. So, you know, I'm a fan of the Kairosoft games. So yep. The Kairosoft games are these little management uh, games, like pixel art, very cute, uh, very lovely. And I've previously played uh, Pocket League Story, which is a football management sim. Mm-hmm. And Mega Ball Story, where you, funnily enough, run a shopping mall. Uh, but now I've gone on to World Cruise Story. So, unsurprisingly, you run a cruise ship. Basically, what happens is you, you, you have this cruise liner, you build things on it, like cabins, restaurants, shops, uh, spas, swim pools, hot tubs. So you got a jacuzzi. Yeah. Well, I've not quite managed to get the jacuzzi yet. I've only played about two hours of it at the moment. But the thing about these Kairosoft games, they are addictive. Once you start, it's just like you just plow on through. I always end up completing them in a very short space of time because I just like keep playing them. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Because I completed the, the previous two because you, you get like a series of years to complete your task. I mean, you can free play after that, but like as I don't want to say story because it's not really a story, but you get like a set limit to where you're supposed to do these things. Mm. Although I don't know if that's in this because nothing's telling me that I've got a, a time period. But anyway, but yeah, so you, so you build all these things in the cruise and you invest in different countries. So it's got a, a bunch of uh, like fictional, well, they're named fictionally, but they've got little pictures which pretty much make it clear that they're supposed to represent real countries. There's like, there's one called like Zigu, something like that. And it's just got a picture of a red flag with a panda on it. So no surprise where that's probably supposed to represent. England. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. But I've only unlocked three countries at the moment, but I, I, I'd look at the part, there's something like ten, so I, there's a lot more. But I don't know how you unlock a new country, because this is what I've just begun with. But you invest in, like, the countries, so you invest into their industrial industry, industri- industrial industry? Into their industrial sector, and that gives people more money in that country. So when they get on your ship, they can spend more money on your ship. Yeah. And then you can also increase um, like tourism spots in different countries, so that increases the amount of people who come from those places who get on your ship. So it's all about trying to like raise them so that when they actually eventually get onto your boat, they will fork out all that lovely dough. Yeah. yeah. But you you sort of un- you unlock things from different countries as well. So once you set up like a tour booth on your ship, when you dock somewhere. Uh, a bunch of them will go out travelling. So, you know, like a bus tour on the local tourist spots. And then they'll bring back an item for you. So they might come back with, like, a scented candle, which doesn't sound exactly glamorous. But what you can do is that there's certain uh, facilities on your on your ship where if you add this to it, it will boost up its, like, its price and 
its quality, which in turn will force people to spend more on your ship. But mm-hmm. I, came to, I did come to one moment where people were getting onto my boat and then they were running out of money. And oh, that no. was, a, yeah. But I had to like get an ATM machine. So you unlock an ATM machine to put on your boat. And then once you've done that, it's fine. But it was a grand just to get the ATM machine. And it was causing me problems because I had all, I had a bunch of like four or five people sat in the cabins just saying no money above the red. And I was trying that to, like des- that problem. <laughs> and I was trying desperately to try and get a thousand quid to get this ATM machine. But because nobody had any money, no, I couldn't accumulate were... it. Yeah. So I had to wait until we docked and then new people got on the boat, but eventually did. But no, it's, it's, it's very good fun. Uh, big fan of Kyrosoft. Just, they're just really nice games to play. They're just easy to pick up and play. That's, mm. that's the great thing about them. And if you, if there's depth if you want to, you know, if you want to stick around with them. But yeah, that's, that's all I've really played. But as I say, I've only played like two hours of it. Yeah. But. I don't want to go invest all these other countries and see how that goes. But. Yeah, it does, does seem deeper than what I thought, because I thought everything would have been like ship-based, so everything's on the ship, but it, it goes into the wider economy of each country and building them well, up as well, which is good. Well, you do only focus on the ship, but you, mm. you're just like, it's just a menu where you say, do you want to invest in this country? And then you'll just see the fruits of your labour by whoever comes onto your ship. Yeah. <clears throat> but you also get reviews, so you get, you get like a reviewer's. You get, it also allows you to like pick their specific cabin that they're in, so you just give them the, the, the nicest cabin, <laughs> so they rate your ship highly. Is it um, easy to find out who they are, or is it a bit of a mystery as to who the reviewer is? Uh, some can be spotted more. They might be wearing some weird hat or something. But when they come and get, when they come into the, when you pull in, uh, people line up and queue to get on the ship. Yeah. And then when that person gets to the front of the queue, they will, he says, where do you want to put this person? So you kind of can work out who it is from there. But these reviewers jump the queue. Sneaky yeah. buggers. Yeah. I wasn't happy about that. Oh, I noticed that happening. It was like four people ahead of him. just jumped into like second in queue. Get him in cold room, shoveling. Like, what are you doing? Get off my ship. But yeah. But they've only ever, <laughs> Get they've only out ever, of my ship! Only ever give, so far, they've only given me up to two stars for the moment. It's up to five. So I've got to improve. Got a long way to go. It's early days. Yeah. But people Maybe. seem to love carpets. Hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can put. So it starts with wooden floors on your, on your ship, obviously. And you put these very ugly, I'll be honest, green carpets, which incidentally cost two grand. To, to to get it, to like unlock, but it's supposed to like boost their spending or their happiness or something like that. But two grand for a carpet, come on! But yeah, but then it's it's twenty quid for each tile. I'm spending it. Right. Well, it's worth it in the end. But cool. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff I've got to unlock. I've got many other countries to go to, but you you actually set the route as well, so you can set where you want to start, where you want to finish. And it's best if you allocate. So if you've invested highly in one that, in, that increases passengers, that's probably where you should start. So people get on board. Yeah. And then the tourism yeah. is the destination. So that's where they'll spend most money and things like that. There's a bit of a strategy to it. Yeah. Yeah, basically. But it docks at different. So it'll, it'll go to different stops as well. So there's that, I've got three countries and it'll stop at all three of them. But oh. they obviously start, middle, end. Yeah, start. I don't know how that's going to work in the future. I assume it might be just bigger 
tours. I don't know. But no, really fun, really enjoyable. We'll see how that goes. So, go on. Oh, go on. Oh, I was yeah. said, just confirmed. The uh, this is on the the PlayStation, right? Yes, I'm playing on PS. Well, it's a PS4 version, not PS5. Okay. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It could be playing on the PS2. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, well, the most it, demanding games. Yeah, they, they are big on the mobile platform as well. But yes, yeah, but you... my pie fingers. I'm not going to play on mobile. <laughs> so, but no, it's good. Really enjoy. Uh, go on, Matt. What you played? Um, not really a lot myself. Um, over the last two weeks. Um, really, the only things I've been playing, uh, well, I've been playing more of, was Metroid Dread. Um, so I actually completed that yesterday. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, definitely, definitely would recommend anyone that has like the Switch to to get it for sure. Is it difficult? I've heard some people say it's a bit. Um, oh, I just read that. It's it's difficult, but not in a sense that it's um, it's difficult for difficulty's sake, sort of thing. Okay. Um. So what I will say is that um. So so for me personally, like the probably the most difficult parts of the game are the boss sort of fights where you you have to kind of learn um, on the spot like you know the I suppose the the pans in which the boss um, reacts in and then you have to essentially take those pans and form uh, form a stress here essentially in effect to, to, to beat the boss in a way so um, if I take sort of if I take one as an example, maybe like the maybe the first one, a lot of it is you got to learn right what what power ups have you picked up, what can you use to take on the boss, what would damage it, and then how do I avoid being hit basically. Um, so a lot of it is kind of you know keep your distance. If it does one certain attack, you know you need to come in, uh, you need to come closer to the boss, in which then you can start picking it off while it's kind of stuck and then another certain attack I need to be further away from it or I need to jump at the right time um, and then it, it, it goes into phases so like the next phase the boss does something new so now I've got to learn right what do I need to do to do, do this phase and then the next one it's very um, it's, it's designed in a way in that the game will hint at you what you what you might need to do so that you can learn okay maybe I need to slide at this point and they shoot at this this thing or the bosses hit something on the wall that's not something that I can use is like to avoid something. Mm. So a lot of it's just learn based. I'd say along with the boss fights, the the Emmy zones as well are probably the most difficult as well. Because in effect the the Emmy um, robots are um, basically invincible to anything that you do. So a lot of it is just basically run and avoid being well being uh, found or hit. Because when, when you when you get found and then it touches you, you go into essentially like a cutscene moment of you've got two at two points you've got a you've got a chance to counter it, but they're very like very quick. 
So like it'll it'll highlight they'll do a flash, which in the case at that point you have to hit the counter button. But it's very like you need to do it within like the first two frames or something. Otherwise you're probably dead. Um, but it's very generous in that if you do die, the next place you'll spawn at is either outside the enemy room or sort of the last save point you're at. It's not like old school games where yeah, yeah. you die, then you go back to the last time you saved, and if you didn't save, then the last time you go back to is when you first started the game, mm. um, which is a nightmare. Um, so I want to say it was difficult. Um, Sometimes there was one or two moments where I felt like I was stuck. I wasn't sure what I was meant to be doing in a sense of like, um, there's clearly some sort of wall I need to shoot out, but I wasn't sure kind of where that, that should be. So I will admit here, I might have needed a guide once just to see. Right, Ooh, what was that shame, shame. <laughs> uh, I, I need to know yeah. which kind of wall I need to shoot out. Once I learned, that was it. I was like the only time I'd use use the guy. So, um, but no, I I really enjoyed it. I think um, the combat feels really good. Um, how you move, uh, the movement system is really nice to to use. Um, I enjoyed the story as much as I'd like. I, I didn't know too much about it. I kind of knew obviously there was previous games into it. And this was a a continuation from the 2D platforming games, not the the prime ones. The story is pretty good. Enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I just, I'd highly recommend it. I think, I think in the moment for me, it might be my favourite game of the year so far. Um, oh, big praise. So, and like, this is me who's like a massive Resident Evil fan, played Village early in the year. But I think I, I actually enjoyed this probably more than Village. Oh, that's interesting. But I'm sure you're looking forward to that one. Yeah, uh, that's not to put like village down. I really oh, enjoyed no. village, but I think it's everything in this game just felt satisfying to do. And once you learn stuff, you feel like you feel like you're a genius for working out how the boss works and stuff. Like the last boss fight took me a good amount of times to go. Um, must have been I think I died eight times before I finally kind of cracked it. Yeah, so it's satisfying when you do get to that. Yeah, point. it is, it is satisfying. Um, plus there's one, one of the bosses um, in the game and I didn't do this myself but I'd, I'd learned about it from an article if you get an item if you get a certain item earlier than you should have because that, that's the thing with Metroid games as well is there's like there's a way to I've got the actual name of it it's called but be able to kind of I suppose cheat the system in effect of getting items earlier than you should do um, and you can do that in this game as well. And I think the devs made like a, a nice nod to that. And that if you get the certain item early and then you get into this boss fight, there's a way of using this item that like kills the boss pretty much dead immediately. And you shouldn't be, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't really do it. But they they built it in a way that it was like, oh yeah, you can do that. We'll we'll let you have that sort of thing. So it's it's good. Really enjoyed it. I uh, thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna say that they was scuppy and say it'd make it a lot worse when you got to that boss fight. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it makes it worse. How dare oh, you? Oh, you tried to cheat. <laughs> yeah, you tried yeah. to cheat hard. Um, so yeah, so completed that. The only other thing of no outside of regular stuff that I play um, was Black Ops Three. Um, so I think 
It's, it's not that like the zombies in Call of Duty. Um, and with with a colleague of mine who's far more competent at playing zombie games than I am. Uh, it's not me. Just not me. everybody now. Oh, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Ex colleague. Um, we we completed uh, we completed the Easter egg thing on um, on a map that's called Setsupo no Shima. So that was fun. It's the first time I'd completed the Easter egg on that map. Uh, well, it's actually the first Easter egg I've played on any Black Ops 3 maps. So that was fun. Um, did thought we screwed it up um, at one point when there's um, there's a step you have to do where you have to go on a zip line and you have to the other person has to knock you off early to like land in the docks to get an item. Um, but as soon as I took the zip line, he knocked it straight away. So I fell to my death. <laughs> so I've lost everything. So I thought that was it. Was that Nathan did that to you? <laughs> that would have been funny. It would have been That's a very Nathan thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. Uh, yeah. I thought the run was over. I thought that was it. Um, I died again trying to get items back, but we somehow managed to pull it off somehow. Mainly just by him, really. He's he's far more competent playing zombie games now. So, <laughs> so no, really enjoyed that. Um, kind of looking forward to going through some more some more with him uh, at some point. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. So, what about yourself, Nathan? Yeah. So before I get into what I've been playing, I'll start with a bit of hardware. So I got the new Switch OLED. Ooh, hey, finally! finally yeah, finally. Ended up picking it up on Monday, so that was fun. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a nice little upgrade. Like on the face of it, you'd think it wouldn't mean that much, just a newer, bigger screen. Yeah, mm. Mark nods. <laughs> um, but you can actually, t- it is quite a big difference. Um, so the kickstand is just miles ahead of what you've got on your standard Switch. Um, the screen's bigger, more vibrant, and it just cr- gives you a bit more immersion when you're playing the games. Like when you've got the old Switch and the new one side by side, you can tell a real difference between the two. Mm. Uh, the extra memory is nice. So instead of 32 gigabytes, you've got 64 on board now, so you can have twice as many games installed on it without having to upgrade with a memory card. But I decided to buy this Switch its very own memory card as a little gift from me to it. So that was good. And then uh, when I did... So, well, when I did boot it up and get everything set up, I decided to start playing a new game um, that I don't really want to talk about on this podcast just yet because I'm not finished. Um, but spoiler alert, it's Paper Mario with the Origami King. I've had it for quite a while um, sitting around and I thought, oh, I've got a new Switch. I'll start a brand new game. So I ripped that open and started playing that. And so far, I'm really enjoying it, but it's not the game that I'm going to talk about right now. So... The game that I have been playing, now that I'm, pre- I'm going to premise this, this is going to get a bit weird, so do bear with me. So I've been playing a game called It Takes Two. Now, this is not the film with Mary-Kate and Ashley, so scrap that out of your head. Um, so this is a puzzle platforming game. So it's also a co-op only game. So you've got to have a friend. If you've not got a friend, you're out of luck, I'm afraid. So you've got to play this with somebody else. 
Um, what is good about the game is so if you own a copy of the game, you can give your friend like a free invite so they don't have to buy the game. You could just invite them with an invite code that you get in the box and um, then you're good to go, really. So that's a nice little addition that they give you. I've just been playing it as a, as a co-op game with me and my wife, but I've got the code left. So if either of you want to give it a go, just give me a shout and we can do that. We might nearly kill each other in the process, but anyway, we'll get to that bit. So I'll um, I'll talk a bit about the game itself. So there's two characters that you play as in the game. So you play as Cody and May. So this is a, a married couple and um, that's going through a few marital problems when the game starts and they're planning on getting divorced and they're having an argument. And their daughter Rose overhears this and she kind of like runs away to their garden shed and she's got these two little figures that she's made and they looks they look a bit like a mum and dad. And then she like reenacts like a play of them kind of getting back together and then she starts crying, which is pretty sad for her. Um and she's also reading this kind of relationship help book by this Dr. Hakim. Um, so I don't know where she got that from, but anyway. So it all cuts after she starts crying and reading this book. And it turns out that Cody and May uh, get transported into these two little dolls. And these are the characters that you play as. So at this stage, you select which character you want to be. So I play as Cody, the guy, and Lisa's currently playing as May, the lady. And um, Thanks for clarifying that. That's okay. <laughs> to be honest, when I first um, tried to select my character, I selected May, and Lisa's like, no, I want to be her. And then we, um, as in all marriages, we compromised, and uh, <laughs> and I became Cody. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you start out in the garden shed, um, and you've got to try and, like, get to Rose. And so at the start, you kind of learn the mechanics, so you're running, jumping, that kind of thing, to like traversing the um, the shed. And then this book, this Dr. Hakim's relationship book, comes to life. And he's Mexican. That just makes it even better. And he starts spouting about love and like what you need to do to rebuild the relationship and stuff like that. But to be honest, as we're going through the game, that it's more of a hindrance than anything else. Because when we get to the end of like the shed bit, we're about to get out. The door's like creaked open and he just shuts it. And then start spouting about togetherness. Um, so yeah, okay. I, I think he's a bit of a. What he says is right in terms of like the relationship stuff, but I think he's going to be turn out to be a bit, bit evil. But we'll we'll see about that because we're not totally finished yet. We're nearly there, I think. But anyway, I'll get on to a bit more about the shed level. So as you go through the shed, each of you gets like a certain perk that you can use. So I got these screws that you could like throw into the wall um, and throw at enemies. And um, and Lisa got a um, like a hammerhead that she could use to like swing on the nail that I put into the wall so, so that we could traver traverse from one section to another. Um, and yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And then eventually um, we get through the level and. Um, we fly out of the shed and then into a tree. And then once we get to the tree, then we stumble upon a war that's happening between a 
group of wasps and a squ- uh, an army of squirrels. So yeah, wasps versus squirrels. The, okay. the War of the Ages that we're, we're all, we all know of. Yeah. Yeah, squirrels versus wasps. Yeah, that's it. And um, basically you've got to try and the the squirrels capture you and you've got to try and like, help them get rid of the wasp queen which actually turns out to, well, the wasp queen is like a robo-wasp for some reason. So so there's that. It's, honestly, this game is insanely weird. Um, I want to try and, like, get away from spoilers as much as possible, because I do yes, think please, it's, I would like to play it. It's, really, it's worth playing. Um, but, yeah, it keeps going on in that ilk. So I'll just give you a bit of an overview about what we've battled so far. So we've battled a toolbox, we've battled a space gorilla, and a robo-wasp. They're like the boss battles that we've done so far. Okay. Um, and as you go through the game, there's like little one-on-one games you can play. Um, yeah. So you can you can do like shooting targets and things like that, and whoever gets the most points wins. You've got whack-a-mole, where one person becomes the wall mole, the other person has to whack them, which is quite funny. Uh, there's tug-of-war. Um, and get and like little mini-games like that, and then at the end of the level... They total up who got the most wins out of the mini games, so that's that's pretty funny. Um, what? Playing that, uh, I lost the first level but won the second level, so I think we're pretty much even in a minute. We're tired okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's one level um, called Road to the Magical Castle, um, where basically as you go through the game, you 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 get to the point where you think right. Rose cried on these like little toys to make us transfer us into them. If she does it again, it'll set us back to normal. So you've got to try and think of a way to make Rose cry in order to change her back to normal. And and then Cody and uh, May come to the realisation, oh, if we make her cry again, then we'll all be okay. And at that stage, they say, right, we need to kill her favourite toy. So you've got to try and get to Rose's favourite toy and then kill it. I'm not going to go into any more than that. It's, sick of, it's, sick of it's pretty check. dark. Yeah. yeah. It's got it. And yeah, it gets that gets pretty heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, it's it's just an absolutely wild, wild game. Uh, as you go as you're going through like the tree, find the wasps. Another mechanic a mechanic comes into play where where I get like a like a sap slash petrol shooter so i shoot like this sap bubble and then um the other player's got like a match rocket launcher that blows things up so you can't do one thing without the other and it goes in that ilk so on another level um i will be able to change my size to being either really big or really small and have that mechanic and the other player will be able to have like boots where they can like stick to walls and things and you traverse the levels using these mechanics Hmm. um at the minute i've got a mechanic where i can point my this watch to something and i can like reverse time and then the other player can create like a copy of themselves and then we use that mechanic to traverse the level so there's a lot there i will say one of the wildest things that happened was us getting away from this tree after the wasp squirrel war is Lisa find a squirrel on top of a plane made of my pants. Yeah, so that was. I want about in the game. Okay. Straight, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
This, and this was like Street Fighter style, so you had like a health bar and everything, and so you had to kick the crap out of this squirrel. It were amazing. Where when I had like steer this pant plane, so <laughs> that was pretty funny. Wow. Um, but yeah, this it uses so many different like game styles as well, because yeah. randomly it'll like flip into like Street Fighter style, which fighting like that. And then another time, it goes into a kind of, I want to say Hades style, um, where you've got like different powers, and then you've got to clear rooms of enemies out to go to the next stage. Oh yeah. Um, and then you've also got your platforming bit and all your different mechanics that come into play, all while you're trying to figure out why you've become these dolls. Um, try to get back to your bodies, and um, which are asleep. And try to repair the relationship, which I think is what's going on as we as we play this. Not for me and Lisa, for uh, for me and Cody. <laughs> so, but no, it's, it's it's fantastic. I'd I'd say it's the best co-op game in terms of the mechanics of both players playing that I've ever played. Yeah, because this was the developers of their way out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very good. Don't know if you guys played. Did you guys play that? I've not. I've played not. It's very good. But, but that, had, uh, yeah. like, that had like mini games in it as well, because in that you could play Connect Four. Against each oh other. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh cool. But yeah, um, I should hopefully, well, we should hopefully have that finished probably today at some point, which looking forward to seeing what happens. And uh, yeah, it's re- it's really good. Um, hats off to EA for that one. One of the best games they've probably ever made, I'd say. Wow. I can't remember the name of the developer there though. I know it's that Joseph. Ah, oh, what's his name? Oh, um, Grefberg. No, it's not Grefberg. Oh, wait, sorry, that was the composer, Gustav Grefberg. Uh, it's Hayes Light Studios. That's it, Hayes Light Studios. Who's the bloke? Because he he appears, he's, he's ended up like going on like um, Jeff Keighley's show oh, yeah. and just starts swearing. Uh, Joseph <laughs> on stage. Forrest. That's the one. Joseph Forrest. Joseph Forrest. He's uh, quite a character, if you ever see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, so that's the that's all I've been playing. Excellent. Okay, shall we move on to the question? Like questions. Let's. So the question is, what is the most memorable jump scare you've experienced in a game? Now we're in the run up to Halloween, so. That's what prompted this question. Yeah, pretty spooky one. Mm, spooky. Probably a lot to choose from. Who wants to start? Matthew? Go on, then I'll start. See? Um, I've mind you. Knew, you knew I was going to choose it. So, I think for me, there's there was two that kind of jumped into my mind. Hey. Quite literally. Hey. <laughs> uh, and... Maybe not so much of a surprise on the series that these two games come from, um, but they were both from Resident Evil games. Um, so uh, the first one that was, that's probably the most um, memorable, maybe even in gaming, um, is the is the hallway, um, the sort of L-shaped hallway. Um, now I suppose I suppose in the orig- in the original Resident Evil game. Um, this was quite a straightforward thing where you kind of walk down this cor- cor- corridor thinking 
okay, nothing, nothing too much is going to happen. Um, and then suddenly zombie dogs come crashing through the window, um, out of nowhere and scare the pants off of you. Um, maybe Nathan's pants. Um, and then, and then you're just like, you're in a, a, a rush to start like trying to take this zombie dog down while you're just like, what the hell has just happened? Um, <laughs> uh, and it happens again a second time. Um, as you kind of carry on down the corridor, there's a second window. Oh, funny enough, another dog comes through. Um, but I did like how the, the remake handled it. Mm. Uh, where it kind of, it's, what's, what's the word? It, it sort of plays on it, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. You expect, it's, it's made to make you, you yeah, think it's going to happen. Yeah. You, it, so, yeah, so like, if you've ever played the original, you come into remake, you're like, oh, okay, this corridor seems familiar. So you kind of just like waiting for something to happen, basically. You kind of, you know, maybe start going down the corridor a little bit slowly just to sort of wait to see what happens. Uh, and then when you think it happens, it's just, <laughs> it's just a thud on the window and it cracks. But no dog comes through. It's like, oh, okay, right, well, fair enough, I suppose. Uh, and you continue down the hallway and it, it just is suddenly a normal hallway. And you're like, okay, that's, I suppose that's a little funny Easter egg. Uh, of course, you go through the game a little bit later on. You have to go through that corridor again. You go down it, think it's normal, and then the dogs now come through. <laughs> so that, that was pretty, that was pretty good. Um, the, the other one that, um, was memorable to me, um, and again, obviously this was Resident Evil, so it's in Resident Evil 2. Um, there's, there's a point where you have to go into, um, in a, like a interrogation room. Uh, and you have to pick up uh, an important item in there. Now you have to kind of, in the original and in the remake, you have to go around like the, the table, pick something up. You'll notice there's a two-way glass, uh, there thinking, right, maybe it's just normal. You go past it once, seems fine. You make your way kind of past it again, and then a liquor just jumps through it immediately. And that scared me the first time I played that, because I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, that. That scared me quite a bit, to the point where I just frankly, uh, I was um, frantically just chewing at it and anything around it. <laughs> so that wasn't, that wasn't fun. Um but it's, it's good how they they um they managed to sort of recreate both both instances and kept it authentic to them. Yeah. Um. Yes, that's mine. So um, what about yours, Nathan? You you got any good jump scares? Yeah. Um, a couple came to mind at first. It's not the these. This is not the main one that scared me half to death. But I'll mm. I'll just talk about them a bit. So I just want to give a shout out to Outlast in general. That is just such a scary yeah. game, and it's got yeah. so many jump scares that I can't even yeah. pick one. I can still it, remember the, f- the first one where you go, th- you go through the, you jump through the things, don't you? Through, through the window, and then yeah. you go down the corridor, and then you open that door, and there's just like a swinging body in there. Head yeah, that's body. it. And then he screams. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I remember we uh, we bought the Outlast collection. And we played a bit of the first one, and we're like, nope, that's enough for that. And then uninstalled <laughs> it and never gone back to it. And that must have been about seven years ago or something. 
Yeah. But I think I'm like you, Mark. I'm just not a big fan of horror games, and this is one of the reasons why the topic that we're talking about now. Well, this is it's, it's one of those games where I'll watch, I've watched playthroughs of it, but I won't play it myself. Yeah. <laughs> not going to happen. A bit of me keeps telling myself that, right, Nathan, one day you're going to play Resident Evil 7 in VR, and then I install <laughs> it, look at it, and I think it's not oh, that a good, looks good idea. It looks very realistic in this one room that I'm going to stand in forever. <laughs> Just yeah. I'm, I'm just going to stand in the corner and wait to die. Yeah. Um, and then the the other one was um, The Last of Us Part 2, where the, um, oh, what is it? One of the big um, zombies, the one before the Rat King. What's it called? The Bloaters. Yeah, uh, a blo- you're like getting, trying to go through a wall, the inside of a wall, and the bloater just grabs you and pulls you through. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, That's, that, one, yeah. that was a pretty bad one. Um, but yeah, the, the one for me, the worst one for me was when I was playing PT. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I installed the demo, and I thought to myself, how bad can it be? The answer is, pretty bad. Very bad. <laughs> So I'm not going to get into this too much, but as you're walking around, basically, if you turn around too many times or don't do certain things at a certain point, then you're going to get got. And it's at the point (laughs) when you turn around, you see this face creature and then it's all over. And you're got. And you're got. got. And you're got. You're got. Yeah. And that was it. That's that's the worst one for me. Yeah. That is bad. Go on, Mark. (laughs) Okay, so mine was sort of hints, sort of links to what we our Hall of Fame game last last time was. So mine is Batman Arkham Knight. Yes. So in this game, uh, Scarecrow plays a, a big part of it, but it's actually not Scarecrow who's really the scary thing in it. Funnily enough, now there are a few jump scares in here, but the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. So. You're going around the city, as as Batman does, and you zip wire. Is it zip wire? What do you call it? I can't remember. Um, you grapple. What's it called? Grapple. That's the one. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you <laughs> grapple to the top of a building, and just about as you pull yourself up, Man Bat springs his head over the side, screams in your face, swipes at you, and then flies off. It is... <laughs> The yeah. single scariest thing I have ever seen in any video game ever, and the the, the thing that really get, makes this so well scary is the fact that it's very unpredictable. Yeah, because it's, it, it's it just happens in the yeah. in the, the free row. Whereas you can sort of like telegraph jump scares in, you know, in cutscenes and yeah. in normal gameplay. Like as you were saying, you read Resident Evil when you're walking yeah. down that corridor. If you know beforehand that that was going to happen, then you can predict yeah, you, can you know it's right. going to happen. Yeah. Whereas in this, it can just happen. There doesn't seem to be like a, a normal trigger for it. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. You, I think you have to start like the man back quest. Like you, you figure out that well, something's I, happened. I, think. I can't quite remember. But obviously something triggers it, but... You, it doesn't happen in a specific place on the map. It just happens no. wherever you go. Yeah, you can just appear on any rooftop. <laughs> and it's just, oh my god, it's, that got me so much. I was just like, ah. <laughs> but 
and then it happens again. It happens twice in a game. And it's just, oh, it's awful. It really is. But that game had a number of different jump scares. The, the, the second one's a little bit more, well, it's a bit more funny afterwards. But yeah, it's a bit funny, but it still gets one. you. Yeah. But there is, there is, yeah, there is parts in that game later on that are quite jump scary. Not, not to like the level of like Mambet's one, but like you like yeah, so one, things just suddenly pop up. Yeah. Also, I don't want to go into it because I think spoilers might, might play it eventually. <laughs> but it's one involving another character that happens very mm-hmm. early on, and then also statues pretty late on. There's something. Stat- yeah, statues are good. But. Oh god, the man bat! My oh, it's just I, I can't deal with it. It's, you can see Mark's PTSD. But, hey, but the thing is, do you know how I said I played? Um, I hundred percented Arkham Asylum and Arkham City twice. Yeah. This is the one thing that's stopping me going back and playing Arkham Knight for a second time. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> you won't go back and do I will man. not go play and play go back and play that game. Because wow. that, it's just, I'm, I'm not dealing with it. No, it's bad enough that time. So it's I mean, there at the bottom of the pile, gathering dust with a black flag. Well, no, because I've completed it. I haven't. No, I haven't yeah, but you can't 100%. You can't 100% it. I don't think I have 100%ed it. But, but I, 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 did, I, did, I did those other games twice. That's, that's my point. Ah, okay. I'm you not going to go back and do this again. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> not for me. But... Yeah. But anyway, that's 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 my big. But I want to put an honourable mention about what um, a game that I mentioned last few months ago now. But you both played because you played it before me. I mentioned it. That's Wolfenstein: The New Order. Oh yeah. There's a number of jump scares in there, and I don't know why. There is. And they really got me. I'm just like, why, 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 why? This is supposed sure. to be a war game. Why are you doing this to me? Sure, I remember well, which one? Which ones was there? You can't remember them. Right. Maybe it involves those dogs. The dogs oh, in general, because they come yeah, and sneak up on you, they do. Dogs, yeah. yeah, so you have those dogs They're that run. Terrifying. So I remember I was running through these trench things, and then I turned around, and there's a dog in my face. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they have ones in cutscenes as well. Cause there's, I remember there's one later on where you're, you're in your base thing. And, you know, it's on fire and all that. There's one bit oh, where yeah, destroyed. Yeah. And then you're going down to where the hangar bit. Yeah. And then in the doorway, a dog just pops around and does a swipe at you, and then the thing comes down on top of it. I'm like, uh, was that necessary? No, I didn't need that. Yeah. I don't think the, it was bad. It's a bit where you you go to that, it's like building, is it set? It might be in London, I don't know. It's like this building that you drive towards first, and then there's a load of bubble outside, and oh, you have to crawl through it. Yeah. And then there's dogs in there who end up jumping out at you like swiping at the, all the rocks start falling off and all that it's a bit on the bridge level so you know where you're going under the bridge yeah and there's a bit where you you have to it's towards the end of the level i think and you have to jump over from one platform to another but you slip and fall and you hang it by one hand and then you, you're, you're like looking down like oh and then you turn around to put your other hand up and you've got this big robot thing in your face I just grabs you, pulls you in. I'm just like, mm. why is this game doing this to me? I just want to go around shooting Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't want to put the skin. Right, have you played the other ones? Have you played the, the new order? Well, no, the new order is, is um Oh New Colossus. New Colossus. That's Colossus. it. And then I got, I got old so blood far, and young blood. Does that have jump scares? Bit? New Colossus. Yes. I don't know. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> You're gonna love it, man. The old blood will probably have them as well. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why Wolfenstein? There's also um, the VR Wolfenstein game that they brought out as well. Oh, yeah. Is it Cyber Pilot? Is that what it's called? Yeah, something like that. Cyber something. I've got it, but I've not played it yet. Again, need to dust the VR heads off. Mm. Might be Cyber Blood Engine. Mm. Oh, it might be, might be. Yeah, that probably makes more sense. Yeah, New Colossus is worth playing. Like, when you get to the end of it, it just goes wild. Like, the last ten minutes is just insane. Mm. I wanna, I wanna get back into that, but I, I always find with the Wolfenstein games, the, the shoe mechanics aren't as smooth as other shooting games. I don't know. Maybe I'm Dumb- just... It doesn't matter about the shooting, it's about the story. Yeah, but if I don't do the shooting, then I don't get fired on the story. <laughs> Set it to easy mode like me, where Blaskovitz has like, got the baby face and the dummy in his mouth. That's the one that I use. Oh, I did that on. You know, uh, I, I should probably do that. I should probably change it. Easy. <laughs> well, then it doesn't matter. You just go through it. Yeah. They're the only jump scares I can think of, really. Not a proper... Got me. I've just while while we're all talking, I've just thought of why actually that I remember now. Um, funnily enough, in a Resident Evil game, uh, yeah. <laughs> as it always is. Uh, but it's in Village. Um, so this one was actually good. It it, it got me because I wasn't expecting it. So um, there's a part where you you kind of go into a bit of like a shed, and there's a there's a safe. Where it's got like a key combination on it, or like a number combination, I should say. But there's there's a note um, to like to the side. that has got like a picture of a of of one of the I suppose enemy types later on that you'll encounter. But when you when you turn the four back over, it says um, to to look through the window. This is like a window to the right. Um, so at this point I was like, okay, what does it mean? So like. I looked out the window in like one angle and I saw like a number on like on a building further on. And then like as I kind of moved around, I saw the other numbers. I was like, oh, this is a number for the for like the code for the combination. And then like a zombie just jumped out, opened the window, and went rah. And I was just like, it's <laughs> like it wasn't expecting. <laughs> so that was a good one. That's uh, I've I've seen like a combination of people who who go through that jump scare and like everyone else just like. Immediately, like fumbles control, ends up like pausing or something. <laughs> it's a it's a nice choreographed one. Did anybody play that like PC game back in the day where you had this ball and you had to like try and traverse it through this maze? And at the very end, if you did it, this scary face just pops up on screen. Oh, I know what you talk about. Yeah. Well, it intentionally, know, yeah. It, it, it was intentionally narrowed the level, the thing did it. Yeah, just but so that you the idea was to get, on it. Yeah, the idea was to get you to move closer to that. So, yeah. 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 I'd spell oh. that in there as an honourable mention. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, um, Bioshock. There was the one where, uh, is it a doctor or a dentist or something? I can't quite remember. But you go to this table to pick up this one of your plasmids or whatever it was, and then you turn around in, and he's just stood there in the steam in your face. Yeah. Do you remember that bit? I, I, think, I think I mentioned that when we were talking about in game. Yeah, uh, we probably the did. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 
But then that's, that was, that's also reminded me of the one in uh, Bioshock Infinite, because a similar one happens there. There's one where you go into a control room, and you turn around, it's the Boy of Silence, you know, the one who's got like these weird horn things. Oh, yeah. But I actually knew about this beforehand. So, so when I came to oh, play lucky it, you. Yeah, so when I came to play it, I knew where it was. So <laughs> I proper cheesed it. So uh, instead of just like turning around and obviously seeing it, because he doesn't do anything, does he? You just go around it. That's it. It's, yeah, you can. Yeah, he's just, as long he's as just you don't the noise. He's just... Yeah, he's just stood there. But I just like backed up into him. <laughs> and I just walked to the right, not moving the camera, and I just walked behind him. So yeah, I just proper cheese that. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was terrible, but you know, needs must sometimes. I'll say you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I didn't got got there. Yeah. <laughs> I just think about it now. It's probably probably another one that I experienced, but that's it's more that I probably jumped myself more than the game made me jump. It was in um, Alien Isolation. Mm. So like. Like I'll, I'll go, I'll give credit to that game. Like the sound design is amazing, to the point that like I've not even seen the Alien yet. I don't think the Alien was even meant to come at this point. And me just going around on this like conveyor belt and just started hearing sounds, which like, yeah. what? What's, what's that? The sounds of the station, can you? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sounds are perfect for for well for the horror aspect of it. Um, but even like. Even just once I got to the point of like the alien came down, just like just going around vents or whatnot, and it just suddenly grabbing you uh, yeah. is terrifying. Um, especially if you start hearing its foot footsteps getting louder like, and faster. Like, You're like, dun, okay, dun, it knows where I am. I need to do cause it, nothing because I'm gonna die. <laughs> it'll be like, dun, dun, and you think it's a far away, and they said it'll go. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 there no. you go. Yeah. I think it's seen me. I'm dead. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's our most memorable jump scares in video games. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.